You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're you're tuned in to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing? Awesome. Awesome. You know what? <laughs> it's wild because the last two home games for the for the Bengals, they've just had like blowout wins where the game felt pretty much over at halftime. And you're kind of bored. The weather's great. You're talking to the people next to you, having a great time, scoreboard watching, seeing what's happening around in the NFL. And uh yeah, it's it's I, I like games like that. I'll take more of that after a couple uh, close ones early in the season. To me, there's nothing better than, I mean, I guess once in a while, the nail-biter win is is the greatest, but for a regular season, one o'clock game, there's nothing better than that. It's, be, it's done by 2, 2.30. You know that your team won. You just kind of get to relax. While you, well, for me, I'm watching. I, don't, I only go to a couple, one or two games a year because I'm not local, but um, yeah, when I was watching and they went up like 21 nothing. I was just like, ooh, this is a nice, relaxing just don't do anything stupid and get them back into the game. And they didn't. Well, and honestly, you know, we'll get to it a little bit in Joe Burrow's play and in the second segment, but when you take him out late in the third, you have to feel pretty confident with how you're rolling. And it was almost like the mercy rule for the Bengals versus the Panthers to be like, look, we're not trying to put 50 on you. Uh, it might happen. You never know. And there were shots and opportunities, but you know, taking Joe out of the game early was uh was just kind of like, okay, we have things under control. We'll, we'll get to the other Joe Mixon right now. And um, I would like to apologize because I'm okay to admit when I'm wrong about something. And I was really wrong about the run game. I know this is that one week, but I feel like the Panthers have been able to stop the run in other games this season. Joe Mixon hasn't been able to really, really get it going. The, the old vintage Joe Mixon, I've talked about it before. He's played with worse offensive lines. What's going on with Joe Mixon? It just didn't feel right, and it's not okay for an offense when you can't balance the run game with throwing in the air. Joe Burrow said after the game, if they continue to run the ball the way they did today, he can't think of another team in the NFL that would be able to beat them. And, and I agree with that because no one's beaten you when your running back is getting five touchdowns. This is without your number one receiver in Jamar Chase. And, and being able to put up 42 is crazy to me because if someone would have told me while well, Jamar Chase is out, they're going to get in the 40s on offense, I'd thought, oh, whew, 
oh, okay, all right. How is this one going to work out for you? And uh, being able to do that even early in the second half is pretty incredible. And just credit to Joe Mixon. Uh, he really he brought back vintage Joe and and just really what we've seen from this offense in 2021. And and it's it's kind of exciting going into the bye. Yeah. So what I've been hammering is since the scheme changed, he's actually been fine, pretty good, whatever you want to call it. Uh, three of his last five games, including this one, he is now, I mean, I'm pretty sure he was over five yards per carry today, but I guess I should check that. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't make sure, but I'm just going to say he was, hopefully Nick can check that for me. Um, he, so well, he's had three really good efficiency games. This is his first really good volume game where he got all the carries and he kept up the efficiency, five touchdowns. He followed up what might've been the worst game I've seen from him with the best game I've seen from him. I mean, this was from the jump, a Joe Mixon game. And more than that, I mean, he made guys miss. He ran through contact. He was catching the ball really well. Uh, he had some good celebrations. Everything was there, you know, I, <laughs> It felt like he was out of ideas by the time he did the fifth one, where he just kind of did like, are you not entertained? And I was like, I don't know. That's kind of my favorite. I, there was also the paparazzi when I was like the first one, and he did his little like whatever that thing is. <laughs> I don't know that one. The, the dance he always does. So um, that was uh, – what a fun game. And he's gotten so much crap from the fan base, his own fan base this season. I know. And – the thing that really makes me sympathetic towards him in this game is seven yards per carry today. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty Same. sure it was over five. Um, so the thing that makes me really sympathetic to him this season is first, it, it's really the first, what, four games where he didn't have a single game over 3.04 yards per carry. He was both injured and they were running a scheme that didn't fit the offensive line. It fits him. I've seen him run wide zone really well, but the offensive line wasn't working with them, and the communication was bad. If we can roll our clocks back to back then. <laughs> um, so that really hampered his whole season so far. So whenever you look at the season-long stats, it's like, oh, he sucks. They can't get the run game going at all. It's been fine since the schematic change, and with the schematic change was also when I thought he got healthy because he left the first three games in a row for the same ankle injury. It's like, it's not hard to figure out that the guy might be uh, going through something. So I don't know. Uh, he did have a couple bad games that maybe waver just a tiny bit on my faith. This run game comes back, but like I was saying on here just a few days ago, the run games at its best. If mixing can get going. And I mean, if Piran gets in there, he'll probably be fine. Who I don't Evans is a wild card to me. The best run game is if mixing can get going and, play at his best level and that's what we saw today five touchdowns a million yards and uh a lot of celebrations yeah it's one of those things where you felt early on when he was going that it was going to be joe mixon's day like there was no going back just the way he was running through people um the the catch for a touchdown from joe burrow and joe just called Ooh. him you know just it's going to be a fade. You're going to get it. We're going to get you. And he throws it right to him. And he said, all I thought was make sure I get my toes in and grab the ball. And well, that's the play right before it was when Trent Irwin didn't get his second foot down. Yeah. That those were so wild because every time it wasn't a touchdown, they followed it up with a touchdown in the yeah. next play or, or the play after that. Tyler so, Boyd too, right? Yeah, yeah. He had the one that was almost a touchdown. Challenged yeah. it finally. You know, I so we can't I complain. Love the challenge. I love the challenge. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Me too. I, 
I fake get mad at the officials today because it wasn't really impacting the game at all, but it's still brutal to, to watch them call games sometimes. Um, but at the but at the same time, with, with Joe, it is. I, I will never like what the officiating does in a game. But at the same time with Joe Mixon, like I said, it's definitely apology on my end because I was so wrong. I can't imagine. I even I sent you a DM when we were doing Thursday's show, and I said, oh, we got to talk with Joe Mixon. He's just really struggling right now. And I, I think that I made that like a topic that was going to be our topic we talk about that in the last podcast and then he has a career franchise day out there which he probably could have had six if they really tried and I think he wanted it they put him back out there when Burrow was out for like the first play Mm -hmm. and then I think they kind of went oh this is kind of stupid right (laughs) like maybe if we get to the goal line we'll put you back in there bud (laughs) let's not get you injured in this game but at the same time, I mean, it's just what you want to see from this offense because when they got it going, I, I really do feel like a little Jets game, maybe in the second half of the Jets game, but really it was against the Saints that this offense is like, okay, we can do this. We're getting in the 30s. Then they played the Atlanta Falcons, and then, I mean, whatever happened on Monday Night Football happened on Monday Night Football. I'm blaming primetime kickoffs right now. Not that Joe Burrow can't play in primetime. I just don't like the primetime kickoffs. So this team is 4-1 and one when they're when they're playing at 1 p.m., and uh, that's that's where I like it. But at the same time, offensively, if you see that with Joe Mixon, this team going into the bye is going to come out of the bye, and I'm knocking on wood, should come out healthier. I know Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow talked in their post game and both mentioned when Jamar Chase comes back. I think a lot of people took that differently of what do you mean when Jamar Chase comes back? Is he coming back for the Steelers game? Is he coming back sooner than we thought? And I think they just reference, you know, with the way this offense is playing, this, you know, when Jamar Chase comes back, obviously it's going to be, and an, it's going to be great. It's going to be even better. Um, and to think what you saw today, a, a balanced offense, the only thing we've been asking for, because you watch some of the best teams in the NFL right now, which honestly, overall, I wouldn't say uh, there's a whole lot of dominant top tier teams in the AFC. The Bills looked like humans today. That's because well, Josh Allen was terrible. And and he said it. He says when your quarterback plays like I can't say the yeah. word on this podcast, <laughs> um, you're you're not gonna win those games. And and I like the honesty, but at the same time, he proved that he could be human and not play great in every game. The team that we hold to this high level, they haven't won a division a division game yet. Cincinnati Bengals haven't won a division game yet. Yes, I know they played one more than them, but it's still something to point out right now when it comes to some of these top teams in the AFC. Yes, we will get the Chiefs and the Titans tonight. They're going to play. Um, Tannehill is going to be on the sideline, so they're going to play their backup quarterback. And I don't That'd know. Be pretty exciting. I think the Chiefs will kill them, but you know, yeah, there'll be, be some fun and seeing Malik Willis. It, it's just overall, right now we are at the midway point of the season. The bye week is happening at a great time. Yes. You get your offense rolling. Some would say, man, the offense is really rolling. But no, they need this bye week like no other. With some of the injuries they're feeling in the secondary on the defensive side, we'll get to that in our next segment when it talked about when we talk about depth and just the other side of the ball. But but overall, with this offense, Joe Burrow, I, I want to give Zach Taylor some credit. Look, we hammer the guy when things go wrong. That's what happens with play callers when you lose games. I thought Zach called a pretty good game today. Uh, similarly, want to give the offensive line credit because they get hammered when things go wrong but Mixon needs his guys blocked he wasn't breaking a lot of tackles in the backfield he was breaking them after he got a full head of steam 
That's what you need. You need to get them up into that secondary and make those guys tackle because when you let a defensive tackle linebacker through, you know, they might bring them down. But those guys, they don't all want the smoke. And uh, when they do, sometimes they're not the best at bringing them down. So I want to give them all credit. I know Jenna Williams gave up a, a sack. And we can talk about it later. <laughs> We're in the happy yeah. segment right now. Um, but, oh, man, I saw Ronald Collins pulling and leading and yes. like that. I was like, oh. But the thing was with the run game that almost makes me nervous for the Steelers game is that everything worked. It's not – they even went back to the under center wide zone and it was still working. I was like, uh, maybe the Panthers just <laughs> – they didn't show up today. <laughs> you know, like uh, – but it, it's still like no matter what you think of them, it's still a good performance from the offense. It's just maybe this defense that was actually, I think, top 10 run defense yes. by uh, DVOA. Maybe they didn't bring their A game today, but at the same time, you can only play the opponent in front of you. If they don't show up, that's on them. I scored five touchdowns, <laughs> you know, like that type of thing. It, 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 you did, they did great. Uh, I just want to give the offensive line some credit because we haven't gotten to them yet. Um, just shout out those guys. I didn't notice anybody particularly on the broadcast, just like other than that one Lowell Collins play. But I'm sure when I go back to watch, I'm going to be impressed by the interior and probably even just everybody individually. Whenever you have a game with seven yards per carry, I have to assume every offensive lineman is winning the run blocks. Well, you mentioned the offensive line, and Joe Mixon definitely was giving credit to his offensive line when he was doing his post-game uh, touchdown, when he didn't celebrate, and he just he grabbed the football and he would give it to Ted Karras. I think Ted Karras had Karras spiked it, I think. Yeah, two spikes maybe, and they were pretty good. I'm not going to lie, because we watched Joe Burrow try to do it at the Superdome, and that didn't go too well. So I will give him probably a 9 out of 10 for the spike, and I think he had a chance to do it twice after a couple touchdowns. So. Ted Karras, man, he's just he he's fun. And and you, like you said, look, we can hammer these guys when they're not playing well. The offensive line, they did their jobs. And I think Lyle Collins, we saw the guy who you wanted to be the bodyguard, who they signed in March. That was exciting, what they were going to bring, the solid pieces in the offseason. We saw that a little bit today. And the biggest thing you hear when they dominate the South right now is, oh, it was just the Panthers. Oh, it was just the Falcons. Oh, it was just the Saints. Oh, it was just the Jets. You know, you, you hear that in some of these games right now. And in the NFL, it isn't easy to win. It is week by week. And it feels like that more this season than any past seasons before any given Sunday, because some of the top teams are falling to the bad ones. I don't know what the Green Bay Packers are. Uh, it's just kind of a jumbled mess right now. So when you have a blowout win, which they've done a couple times this season, you look at the Falcons game, you look at the game today, and I would even say the second half versus the Jets. Give them credit. Give them credit for finally getting it rolling and to bounce back after what happened on Monday Night Football to be absolutely embarrassed in all three phases and come out and just from the very beginning, offense, defense, the interceptions, Jermaine Pratt, Jesse Bates, uh, you know, that really kind of turned things around, too. So credit to both sides of the ball. But, yeah, no, I, I say O-line, Zach Taylor, like I said before, guy gets hammered when things don't go well. And I'm not saying it's not deserved, but I thought overall Brian Callahan, um, I know he met up with Joe Mixon earlier in the week, and they, they kind of came up with that game plan, what their ideal was going into this game. And I feel like they were just really prepared for it. And, you know, to have that turnaround on a short week is, is pretty pretty awesome for your offense. 
Yeah. And just throw Frank Pollock a little bit of credit too as a run game coordinator because this is a run game. And he made a schematic change halfway through the year and it's worked out really well so far. I know it's been a little bit inconsistent, but three weeks of really good efficiency and now maybe the best game of Joe Mixon's career. I'll take that. I know it, they should have had it figured out at the beginning, but they didn't. And whatever, as long as they can get rolling as we get to the final push, that's the biggest thing. Good thing they didn't fire Frank Pollock. Joking. <laughs> at halftime of the Browns game and started looking at some replacements. You I'm, know? Joking, I'm joking. Oh, what happened? <laughs> this guy can actually coach too. You know, like I don't know. Like I, I the, the thing is, is it's a, that's such an after the season thing. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody wanted everyone fired after Monday everybody, night. I'm glad they didn't fire Joe Mixon. I'm glad they didn't fire Frank Pollock. Joe Mixon was going to be cut. Pollock was going to be. Fired Callahan Taylor probably both what well, one fired the other one loses his play calling you yeah. know like all these guys are just gone oh what the, they were the reason they won this game yeah no it's just wild how they were like but seriously you have a short week and the thing is about you know they really get back to practice Thursday and Friday and they're going to be light practices and that's really what they had so it was really you know more credit to the game plan going in what they were doing behind the scenes. Uh, the installation to what they were able to do at home, coming back home, playing that one o'clock game and just absolutely demolishing the Panthers. I'm sorry, garbage touchdowns do not count Baker Mayfield, uh, but we'll get to the good second. Throws, he did. He, good thing Baker Mayfield did not play that whole game. Might have a shootout. <laughs> no, nobody wanted that. Nobody wanted that. But let's look to the defensive side next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We talked Joe Mixon. Joe Burrow was efficient while he was out there. He got an early bye, not playing in the fourth quarter, late in the third. And uh, defense. We've talked about the cornerback room. 
you lose Cheeto and that was a huge blow. It's still a huge blow right now. Depth is a concern. Mike Hilton didn't play in this game. And Dax Hill leaves the game to be determined on his scans. They are complete, but we don't know the timetable of his return, what that looks like coming out of the bye. You are being tested in the cornerback room right now. Before we get to the early part of the performance, what did you think about the defense overall? Awesome. I mean, you pitch a 35 nothing shutout for half the game. You could just cut the game there. That could have been the end of the game <laughs> because the second half just felt like, oh, we got to get 30 more minutes of football out of this. Um, yeah, they were fantastic. I mean, the interceptions early, you had Jermaine Pratt. Uh, that was a really nice one where P.J. Walker looks left off of play action. Then he looks to his right, and Pratt just keeps expanding and dropping more vertically, knowing that there's nothing underneath of him to hold him there. Drop, 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 and then uh, Walker throws it, not thinking a linebacker is going to be 15 yards downfield, and he's right underneath of him. So great play there to read Walker's eyes and expand out and work his way backwards in a spot drop. And then uh, Jesse Bates tips it overthrows. It was an overthrow. He caught it. And, oh, nice moves on the return. I don't think I've ever seen that from him. I was like, I'm going to draw up some ideas that will never happen. <laughs> Who's the emergency wide receiver on the team? Could be Jesse Bates, you know? <laughs> Just throw him a screen pass, threw a couple jukes in there. That was really cool. I. I didn't know he had that in him. And that started with him on the ground and nobody touched him. And that's mm -hmm. it. So it went from like, I don't remember where the interception happened, but he gained like 25 extra yards when he got up and made like four guys miss. Very cool return. So both those guys, they both got game balls. I watched Zach Taylor's thing. Um, deserved because that was, that was really good. And uh, last thing I guess I want to point out is just Deontay Foreman. A lot of, concern about this Panthers run game and how it could kill the Bengals 31 yards not a big deal I mean game script got out of hand immediately but still they they had a good game how did you feel and obviously you're going to go back and watch the tape later this week and we'll get more in depth into that but Cam Taylor Britt and Eli Apple out there um Eli he's really good on these cover two cloud corner stuff uh, where he just he does such a nice job of sinking and gaining depth that's what kind of caused the overthrow was Eli Apple kept getting more and more underneath it and I think PJ went oh I don't want to throw this where Apple can pick me off and he ends up leaving it too far where Bates can pick him off because he's hitting what on a chalkboard is a hole in the cover two defense but it's not easy to do on the football field so, yeah, I thought Eli Apple played well. I thought, okay, Taylor Britt's up and down, and I mentioned this last week. He still has the college idea of how much contact he can have, and he's kind of a little grabby. He's a little physical. He gets called for kind of weak, but still an illegal contact penalty because on a free first down. You don't want that. Like, th does every official call that? No. But in the NFL, that is technically a penalty, even though it's not a penalty in college. So there was that one. And then the touchdown he gives up, um, great job to be in position up through the catch point. And then Terrace Marshall jumps over him and comes down with it. Only thing you want from him is to be able to play through the hands of the receiver, use your hand to go in between their hands, 
whether you're going to grab one of their hands down as he tries to catch it or play and hit the ball, just something to knock that ball out of his hands because you're in a good spot. And um, I think he, he was even looking up for the ball and everything. It's not like he didn't see it. It's just, it is also hard. He, he didn't have the size advantage. So I get that, but the only critique that on the touchdown he gave up is you got to be able to play through the hands of the receiver and not just be in a great position. And, uh, I don't know, try to, you know, play the ball low. It was way up there. These guys in the NFL are really good at high-pointing balls. And uh, even though that was Terrence Marshall's first ever touchdown, he's really good at it. Besides special teams, because I want to get to that in just a moment, was there anything else that really stood out from the game today? Um, One interesting thing is in the passing game, it was both underneath. I don't think Burrow completed a pass over 20 air yards today. So he's doing a good job of sticking everything underneath. The Panthers like to play cover three and quarters. I don't know what they're playing because on broadcast you can't really see it that well. But there's these underneath throws are going to work against either one because underneath throws really work against a lot of stuff as long as your quarterback's really good. Um, it's just hard to make a living that way. But they did because of the run game too. And then the other thing that I found really interesting, and I don't think anybody else wanted to talk or not wanted, but anybody else talked about it was um, T Higgins and his usage today. Everything was either an outbreaker or coming back to the quarterback. And basically that just means he's isolated every single time. Cause they're not playing cover two where you'd have a flat defender underneath. So that guy's going to be responsible for him. Once he hits about 10 yards, everything he ran was like a, more than 10 yards, out route. More than 10 yards, and he's running a comeback. More than 10 yards, curl route. Just stuff that lets him isolate against a guy, either use his body to get himself in good position on these burrow throws, or he is an underrated route runner. And he got to show it today where he was getting open quite a bit. So when they needed a play, it felt like T was there on any type of outbreaking route, and that works against cover three or quarters because of the corner's responsibility. Thought that was really interesting. I thought that was a good game plan from Zach to be able to isolate T against a banged up secondary to just when you need a throw, there he is. Yeah, no, I, I like watching T, you know, just be more involved with the offense today because we talked a lot about the receiver duo and just all three of them, actually, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase and T Higgins, what you have in that group and just want to see, you know, him more involved while Jamar Chase is currently sideline, sidelined with his in injury. But I want to stay with the wide receiver group right now because I said it to you on this last podcast and I can't remember if I said it when we were recording or off the air, but if I was Joe Burrow, I'd probably never throw the ball to Mike Thomas ever again. And this team showed you what they thought about Mike Thomas today. It was more Trent Taylor. More it, was, it was Erwin. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to go back to the Mike Thomas tree anytime soon. I think he's going to be a part of this team right now as a depth piece. But Special when it comes, I mean, there was a, a special teamer, but there was a time at, at the game, and I don't know if they showed this on TV. There was a time, I was, I would say in the second or maybe even the third quarter, where Mike Thomas was running on the field, off the field, off the field, on the field. Like, he didn't even know what he was supposed to be doing on offense during that time period, and then he just got off the field. I'm like, I'm sure the coaches were like, just go ahead and get to the sideline right now. But I feel like they showed everyone what they think about Mike Thomas right now because he's had his opportunities. You know, we go back to the Steelers game. There was the opportunity last week, and you drop the ball when it goes right to you. Um, I, I think they are going to stick 
with the receivers they currently have on this roster while they're waiting for Jamar Chase to return. It'll be interesting to go back and watch because Trent Taylor is definitely more known as a slot receiver, and so is Boyd. I know Boyd caught a back shoulder fade from the outside. I'm trying to think of anything else that Boyd caught that started from the outside because I feel like everything else. They did get interesting with one play. Uh, they ran like a flood concept, which is a, a go ball from the outside and then like a 10, 15 yard out route from the number two. Number two was Tyler Boyd on this play. He's running that out route. And uh, the number one, the guy who ran the go was, I believe, Samaje Pirine. So that, that's a way that they created an extra slot receiver because they don't have all these outside winners. They've got T and that's about it on the outside. So they use Samaje Pirine on the outside because that, you never throw that ball anyway. So they let him go on the go on the go route and clear it out for Boyd to work underneath of that on the out route. And I thought that was an interesting way to get Boyd into the slot while probably also on the other side, getting Trent Taylor into the slot. Yeah. It's going to be something to keep an eye on when they play the Pittsburgh Steelers, because again, I will be surprised if Jamar Chase returns for that. If he does amazing. Awesome. We'd love to see it. Uh, but, but we'll get to special teams. I want to get to that right now and, and we'll, we'll see if we need to, Extend this to our third segment or not, but um, Evan McPherson. Another miss. What do we think about that? Because there were times this season, most of 2021 is the Evan McPherson year, his rookie year where they needed those walk-offs. You can look at the playoffs, what a big part he was in the playoffs. And this year They've needed him at times, but not a whole lot of walk-off wins for this team. Is there something to be concerned about with Evan McPherson right now? Like a two out of ten on the concern. I don't know. Like I, I talk about it, and I think this time the snap and hold were fine. I don't think there was anything wrong with those. So it's all him. Um, I thought including last week. I don't know. There is some concern that it's just like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm saying I don't know a lot because it, I don't think he's a bad kicker. I don't think he's a kicker that, you know, you shouldn't have. I think he's a good kicker. He's going through a little bit. And this is just a variance also of kicking field goals. And when you're not Justin Tucker, sometimes you're not going to hit 90% of your field goals. Um, as long as he's able to hit, he, I don't know. He's got ice in his veins and he can hit them when it matters most. But his consistency right now, especially in that like 40 to 50 yard range, not beyond 50, but just before it, that's what's really, he missed those last year too. So that just might not be his spot, but he has to be able to get good at that if he's going to be, you know, one of the elite kickers in this league. So the concern of him being like not a guy I can trust is pretty low. The concern about him being, Justin Chuck, Justin Tucker Jr. That's pretty high because you know I don't know if Justin Tucker ever had this had all those misses in a year. I haven't looked, but um, he's got a heck of a leg. As long as he can work through this and get right by the by the time these kicks are going to matter the most, Chiefs, Bills, Titans, you know the division winners. <laughs> if if they, he can get right for those games, not leave points on the field, then I'll feel better about it. It was just a slight concern today, and I don't know. That is not like a, not like a lot of I don't know. A lot of special teams it has issues right now. It's weird because that's usually the unit you trust, and Darren Simmons, but Huber's not been a great punter. The kick return game has been awful. 
don't want to just bring on Evans. It feels like he's getting hit right away too. And then the kicking game has regressed. So I'm not saying anything about Simmons, but it's just like this is a little bit surprising from the Bengals because we usually trust our trust the special teams coordinator on this team. Yeah, I think bye week is going to be good for a lot of people on this team. We talk about the health and just getting healthier, but also for special teams. Uh, I'm sure for Evan, look, I've never been a kicker in the NFL, believe it or not, um, where it could be a mental game too. And sometimes maybe you just need that halfway point of the season and you reset and things get worked out for, like you mentioned, the second half of the season where the schedule doesn't get easy. But I want to get to that, a look ahead of, to the midway point of the season for the Bengals right now and our next segment of It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I said to you off the air that daylight savings time is messing with me. I know it's great when you get an extra hour of sleep, but when you can't take advantage of that extra hour of sleep and you wake up at 6.30 in the morning on a Sunday, a game day, it's hot outside, you're going to be outside all day. Yeah, I'm I'm dragging today. I'm not going to lie. I just love the extra hour of sleep. The, the the worst day of the year is spring forward day and the best day of the year is fall back day. Now I know this is going to mean that I, it's going to be dark at like 4 PM pretty soon. <laughs> so I'm not right looking now. forward to that. It's seven 30. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just swallows really fast after the game and I'll, and then it's nighttime. So <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it is reaching the seasonal depression era of the year, but I just love that extra hour of sleep. I don't know. It, it helps me. I feel like with like work, you know, just wake it up. It's like, you know, 7 a.m. feels much better this week than it did last week. Well, see, I didn't take advantage of it. I woke up early and I didn't go back to sleep. So and all my clocks are wrong. They're all they're all saying it's like 830 right now and I will eventually change them. I'll probably just keep them that way until we spring forward. And then everything will be back where it needs to be. The only clock I think I I have, I don't know about my microwave. I don't know if I ever set that clock. My yeah. oven, my oven clock, that one's off. And that's the only one. I don't, I don't even know if we have any like old manual clocks. I feel like everything's digital in this house. Well, I'm one of those people where I will set, like there are certain clocks that I will set either it's set early or set late, like just by a couple minutes because that keeps me early for things. Like I'm like, oh, if that's set five minutes early, I always know to be earlier than that clock. I don't know. It's more. What? I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm tired. <laughs> you look at one clock and it's 7.30 right now and another one at 7.20? Well, it made sense when I was thinking about it. But like I will, like if a clock is a certain way, like some, so some of my clocks from the microwave to I'm looking at my right now to the stove, all of that stuff. They all say different times, but they're only like a couple minutes off. And I just know I'm like, oh, I got to be earlier than that. 
because that clock is late or that clock is early. And I just this don't change is, it. This is insane. And I just don't change it. How are they not all the same time? That would drive me crazy. It doesn't really, because I just look at my phone. Yeah, that's fine, but <laughs> why do you have the clocks? <laughs> make life harder. I'm like the Cincinnati Bengals in the first part of the season where I just want to make things harder than they needed to be. So that's how I am with clocks. But I want to get to that. I want to get to that. I, would, I just had to say the reason why I felt like I was dragging early on is uh, daylight savings time. Even though it's supposed to help us, um, it did not help me. So we're going. We got to the midway point of the season. They're five and four, winning record. I think a lot of people thought after Monday Night Football, you get this win, you get five wins, you go into bye, get healthy with a winning record, a chance to sit right up there with the Baltimore Ravens tomorrow night when Andy Dalton, Raven Killer, plays the Saints in prime time. Oh, something's got to give there. It's also a prime time game. So here's a fun stat, and I'm going to butcher the stat, but I'm going to try and say it. I'm going to paraphrase it. If Andy Dalton loses tomorrow, he will have the worst primetime record in NFL history out of all NFL quarterbacks. Where's Kirk Cousins on that list? He's, he's not, not, not Andy. He's not Andy. So, Andy, we don't want you getting in the record books for that. Not primetime, Andy. So, there's it, it. a little has to give. It's Andy Dalton, who plays pretty well against the Baltimore Ravens. It's primetime. It's on the road. Baltimore's dealing with a lot of injuries with their offense. And that didn't really stop Lamar last time. So, I don't know. Anything's possible. I feel like with the way today went, man, could you imagine Baltimore Falls? You go into the bye sitting right up there in the AFC North first place with them. That's not bad. There's, there is certainly a scenario in my mind where the Saints win that game because they've got better defensive line playing the Ravens' offensive line. The Ravens will have a wide receiver to really challenge them, especially with Andrews out. You know, they just have to contain Lamar rushing. And then on offense, they just have to do just enough to win. I have, like, no faith in this happening because I just see Andy Dalton primetime, and I think three picks, uh, probably one of them back for a touchdown. Thanks. He might fumble. <laughs> the, the Saints will be lucky to score 10, and they'll probably lose by 15. This, this is Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be worse than that. It's going to have me staying up until the last, like, minute of the fourth quarter on Monday Night Football watching that game because I'm going to be like, oh, look, they're in it. It's a good game. It's tied or it's a close game. And then Andy Dalton will have to go make the game when he drive. And that's when it all falls apart. If I had no faith with Andy Dalton and the 2015 team to ever win in primetime, how am I going to have faith in them with any other team to win in primetime? It's just, hope he proves me wrong. He has won in primetime, but yeah, worst primetime quarterback of all time. Easily believable. We'll just use this as an excuse. Zach Wilson outplayed Josh Allen today. That's and if true. someone if someone would have told me that going into the game, I would have said, no, that's not going to happen. Sorry. Zach Wilson is a terrible quarterback. Uh, but today, credit to him. Credit to him. I mean, he outplayed him. So I think anything's possible this year, just with the way things are going. Certainly. Like I said, there is a, a full – chalkboard scenario in my mind that fully makes sense on why the saints will just pound the Ravens and win. I just see Andy Dalton prime time and I'm going to chalk that up as an L. There are too many people telling me about the second half of the Raven schedule and how easy it looks for it to just get all messed up. Like there's no way that maybe they do. Maybe they just ride it off into the sunset and win every single game to the last week when they have to come to Paycor Stadium and play the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, that game could get flexed. But I feel like it's it's almost too good to be true for their second half of the schedule for them. 
that it's far from over in the AFC North. I, I know a lot of people are thinking at the, the halfway point of the season, a lot of people wanted to end the season after Monday night football, but there's still a lot of football to be played. And the rest of the season was going to have to get played, whether people liked it or not. I feel like a lot of people's attitude changed a little bit after today. Yes. Again, I know it's the Carolina Panthers, but it's still the NFL. There's still an NFL football team that you pretty much demolished all day today at home. So you take where you're at right now, the first half of the season. And I mentioned it on the podcast earlier this week that Joe Burrow said, yeah, of course we'd like to be eight. No, but unfortunately that's not the reality right now. There are a lot of games we can go back on. And I think week one hurts the most because should have won that game. Gave the ball away five times, still had an opportunity to win the game. Everybody knows how that game ended. Long snapper injury. Just I never mean, forget the value know, of a long snapper. Clark Harris got a big cheer today on the sideline. I think a lot of people still miss Clark. He's still out there show, showing up. He can still come back, right? Or no? It's not, he's not out for the season. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it is possible he comes back for the playoff push. Wouldn't that just be something? Uh, but that's then that's a whole other conversation. Do you switch that up? And I think yes, because you have Clark. Yes. You definitely switch that up if you have Clark. Especially because the kicking game hasn't been perfect. Yeah, but, I mean honestly, that's definitely a conversation that I think you know we can hear more about. But I he didn't have anything on his arm. He was moving around. So you know who knows how how his recovery is going. That's definitely something to keep an eye on November and December. But overall, there are several games that of course you would like back. You could even say the Baltimore Ravens game. Uh, if someone would have said, hey, this is what you're going to hold Baltimore to at home and you still don't win that game, you didn't really get it going, missed opportunity in your division. But you sit at five and four because that's reality right now. You're dealing with, you know, a few key injuries and you hope to get DJ Reader and Jamar Chase back the second half of the season. What is your outlook going into the rest of November, December, and even those few games in January right now? Uh, oof. When I'm thinking one week at a time, I hope, I would hope, and I think they should beat Pittsburgh. I would say win two out of three between Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and Tampa. And you could win three out of three, and that'd be awesome. But win at least two out of those three so that you can get, that would put them at what, seven and five? That I have faith that they could beat, you know, one of Cleveland or Baltimore, get to eight and get to eight wins and then got to be able to beat Kansas city or, or Buffalo, get you to nine wins. Doesn't sound great. Nine wins probably get you in the playoffs. And then you probably got to go play Kansas city or Buffalo again, because you're probably going to be a high season playoff. Now, if they could just roll, I just don't want to have too much confidence. Cause I feel like sometimes we get there after these big wins, but if they could just roll, win these next three games, go on a four game win streak, you beat the three teams I think they should beat in Tennessee, um, Tampa Bay, and Pittsburgh. And then you're already at eight wins. So if you can beat Cleveland or Baltimore, whichever one, get you nine wins. You can beat Kansas City or Buffalo, get you to 10. Or maybe beat Kansas City, or maybe beat Cleveland and Baltimore and get you to 10 wins that way. I don't know. I, it, I think the playoffs are easily in the sights. And like I have been saying, I just after that run last year and what they're able to do defensively with Lou Anarumo, I have a lot of faith in their ability to play up to their competition in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's, you know, as you mentioned, it sounds like coach speak, but it is one week at a time when you come back from the bye week. 
Uh, you need a division win right now. You need it so badly. Uh, if there's there's any hope and and possibly even taking your division, I know a lot of people outlook and conference that. wins. Conference wins are, I believe, one of the big tiebreakers in the wild card. Like that's, I think that's the first. Tiebreaker. Yeah, and they and they have the Jets and they have the Dolphins uh, with those wins. So that's obviously huge. But at the same time, I always feel like the easiest way to get in the playoffs is winning your division. It's 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 not easy right now because of where you are at at zero and three in your division. But at the same time, I always just like I, I don't I don't want anything to do with the math and the wild cards at the end of the season in December. Give me that division. Go smoke your cigars, put your t-shirt and hat on, and and go celebrate that division win. So, I think that's that's your Joe Joe Burrow's not out there thinking going into the bye again. He's taking one week at a time, like he's saying. But in reality, he's not thinking. Let's just wild card our way in. He's like, how do we win this division and just show everyone they are wrong about us? and get to the end of the season because that's Joe Burrow. We saw what they did last year. I'm not comparing last year because we keep, because I keep bringing it up. And if they had a different record in their division and Cheeto wasn't hurt, I'd say 100% they're right back where they started from last season. And they really got the ball rolling when they played the Denver Broncos and just, they just kept it going. It was like, oh, this team really turned it around, but you have those big games. You have the bills, you have Kansas city, even the Titans on the road, you get Deshaun in his second game back, first road game. Who knows what he's going to look like playing for the first time in two years. I This team has done something pretty much my whole entire life, most of my life, or even over the last couple of years. They play up to their opponent, and today is not a good example because they just demolished the Panthers. But they get up for those big games, and you get that Monday night football game against the Bills at home. You get Kansas City at the 4 o'clock p.m. game at home. Those are the spotlights. Those are what Joe Burrow, you know, he he knows what he's doing out there. He has that experience and he's really shown it in his first full season last year, first full season. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 it's, it's almost like you can't get too high or you can't get too low right now. And you just take that five and four. And I think what everyone's going to be paying attention to going into next week, not this upcoming week, but the following week is if DJ reader is, is back on the practice field. Yeah, I, if I'm going to guess, I think he plays against Pittsburgh, but I don't want to say he will or will not. Um, I don't know. I I think they're in a good spot after getting into a bad spot last week, especially with the way they won, because I have, it doesn't get you anything, but I have been saying, like, I want them to win with style once in a while, and they did that this weekend against the Falcons. So kudos there, just because I think you should be able to, to show you're not going to play down to your opponents either. Like the Bengals are firmly a tier above this Panthers team or are firmly above a tier above that Falcons team because they, they could win that wire to wire easily. Are they in the tier with the bills and chiefs? I don't know, but they're showing that they're not just a middle of the pack type team. Like they they're better than that, but I have to keep showing it. The schedule gets tougher. This is why the slow start wasn't great, but they're in the same exact spot they were last year. And it's got to make a good playoff push, get in. And then once you're in the, once you're in there, I know you're saying division could be wild card, whatever it is. I think that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and all those guys will just go like they did last year, won two games on the road, beat the number one seed, number two seed on the road last year, can do it again. 
Yeah, they've been there and they've done it. And um, I'm sure they all want to give back. Uh, speaking, I want to bring this up right before we close out this podcast because he has been the talk of social media free agency. It looks like Sidney Jones is expected to sign with the Los Angeles or Los Angeles, Las Vegas Raiders pending his Raiders. visit. Yep. After today, I, I would say uh, it's either the coach. That's a coach you're going to think about firing at the end of the season, uh, but they're not going to. But yeah, it looks like he's pending a physical according to Adam Schefter. So he is not coming to Cincinnati. Sometimes social media wins. And when it comes to these free agents, when you say sign him, sign him, sign him, it works out. Uh, it looks like this isn't going to work out for the secondary cornerback room, but I'm sure they're going to bring in some guys um, just with the Dax Hill injury again to be determined how long he is out. We'll know more over the next couple of weeks, but we'll have another podcast because we'll still be here for you during bye week. And I know you will have stuff over on all Bengals. What's going to be up there this week? Takeaways. And I have to assume the article after the takeaways one will be the run game. There you go. Check it out. All Bengals. Follow them over on Bengals underscore Sands at Ellen Diaz Patterson. As always, thank you for downloading, listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.